Don't just go through life, grow through it. Hi, and welcome to the Grow Through Podcast with Fee Dang. My name is Fee, and I am a human design life coach known as the Positivity Queen. I am passionate about helping you not to just go through life, but grow through it. Join me in this podcast, which will provide inspiration, motivation, and practical steps to help you live your best life as your most aligned and authentic self. Through my Soul Revolution methodology, the pillars of which are mindset, self-love, energy, and purpose. Ready to grow? Let's grow. Hi, beautiful souls. I am so happy today to have Courtney Wallbank on the Grow Through It podcast. I was recently on her podcast, Proudly Imperfect. Courtney is an NLP and mindset coach who helps you break free from the chains of anxiety and fear so you can grab life by the tits and be unapologetically you. I freaking absolutely love that you're talking about grabbing life by the tits. So welcome to the podcast, Courtney. Hello. I'm so, honestly, I'm so happy to be here. Last time we you know, had a chat on mine. It was amazing. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Would you be able to let everybody know in your own words who you are? Yeah. So I am Courtney, also known as the Grow and Glow coach and founder of the Grow and Glow Co. So the brand is pretty much what it says on the tin. So I allow women to experience that like a glow up like they've never ever experienced before from the inside out um and it kind of came about so I'm a mindset coach NLP mindset coach um I do events podcasts like you said and all that came about really because I went on my own insane journey after hitting rock bottom so I'd always kind of suffered from low self-worth and anxiety but I was one of them girls who was just like oh everyone feels this way like it's no big deal and I just like I was settling for a long time I think and I had these behaviors quite like disruptive behaviors that I didn't think were disruptive and again it was just like oh there's so many people acting like this that I'll just get on with it kind of thing and then like I say, it kind of hit rock bottom just after lockdown and I started experiencing quite bad anxiety attacks. Um, Couldn't even look at the mirror at myself. It was very appearance-based, but that wasn't the root cause of it. It was that I know now after doing obviously a lot of work, that was not the cause of it. That was just how it manifested kind of at the time. Um, And then one day, I just this huge feeling came over me and I was like this surely cannot be it like there's got to be something better than this for me like and I kind of always had that feeling but again it was just brushing it off and being like oh well I'm not good enough for it I don't know what to do with that feeling everyone might feel like this but that one day like when I was going through the probably one of the toughest times when it comes to anxiety I just I had this overwhelming feeling come over me. I was in the gym and I I I'd hardly even started my workout, <laughs> dropped everything and ran home. And I just burst into tears to my partner. I told him everything, how I'd been feeling. So I was trying to hide it from a lot of people. Um, and then from that day on, I literally committed every single day to love myself, even when I didn't feel like loving myself, working on myself. And then after a couple months of doing that, I I remember I just started to see the world differently and a hundred percent had an awakening and it's mad because that's what it is it's like I woke up for the first time and I was like oh my god I need to, to to share this with other women I need to show women who felt like I did that it does not have to be that way and so coaching kind of just popped up from nowhere I was like yep yeah, I'm gonna go for it <laughs> and here we are Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. I really love that you touched based on becoming aware. I think people are so hard on themselves. It's like, if you don't know, it's until you know you can do something about it, right? Yeah. And I love that you advocate going deeper, like understanding, like, for example, you said looking in the mirror and it's not 
that's not about it. There's like some other root cause. And I think that's what mindset is all about, especially in coaching. And, you know, I think also being able to talk about it, I think we have kind of similar backgrounds. Like I really resonated with you, like, you know, in our previous jobs, which feels like a lifetime ago, like crippling anxiety attacks and very much like the hardship of the lockdown, but also the beauty of it. Cause you and I both started our businesses after that. And I don't know if you remember this. I had a bit of a scroll on Insta and you actually reached out to me in 2021. I think I just posted a reel about how I quit my full-time corporate job and I was going all in on my business. And I think you said it was really inspiring. And then like, look at you now. You, Oh my God. Yeah. You're like a full-time life coach. And that's actually how we met. And I think it's really interesting because we did a human design reading. So Mm. you are a, 5-1 pure sacral generator with a karmic lifetime. And I love that you talk about self-love and committing yourself every day because self-love is one of your main life energy. So very much in tune with what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk a bit more about your human design because I don't know, again, if you recall, after reading a couple of months later, you messaged me and you said you had one of your biggest months in business. And so I wanted to touch base with how you're feeling about your money mindset now, because obviously the reading shifted something in you. I'm bringing you back in a time machine. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, (laughs) oh my God. And it wasn't even the, like you saying this now was just sparked another memory. So I'd say there's two coaches that really, really shifted my mindset on money. You and another coach (laughs) called Jess Pye. And I remember, I I think it was at the start of 2021 or the start of 2022 you did a free three-day event on Facebook do you remember I did yes it was like you in 2022 so I think yeah it was like April 2022 when you had your biggest month or something like that yeah so and that's where that's where I won the human design reading from yeah yeah and you did like a a snippet on money and the energy yes and it was like I was just like oh my god I get it. Like, you know, when you hear things and sometimes it takes you, you've got, maybe you've got to hear something hundred times before it actually clicks in your mind. When you was explaining it, it was like, fucking hell, everything makes sense. And like, I know what I have to do now. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a, all my money mindset is solved. And I, you know, it wasn't like that. It took work. But from that point, I started to become so aware of the stories that I had around money. And I used to be a person who feared money. Like that, that's the bottom line. A bill would come in and I would literally have crippling anxiety over it. I'd have to pay someone back and I'd put it off and put it off and all of these things. Yeah. Now I like, I see money as something exciting, something that can be created and my, my my money mindset is completely shifted. Don't get me wrong. It's still an ongoing process and it always will be. But compared to before, it's, oh my God, changed so, so much. And it's just, it's freeing because let's be honest, money is, like you say, money is fucking everywhere. It's a part of our lives. We need, we do need it. So to fear something that is literally everywhere is very crippling. So to change that is life-changing. Yeah, and I I love that you say it's a dynamic process because I think I was also under the impression, oh, I do money mindset work and then I'll never have fears again. And I'm like, even at this part in my business, I still, you know, no matter how much money I have in the bank account, I'm like, that's not enough. Like, Mm. I'm so scared it won't come in. So I think it's so important for everybody to know, like, it's an ongoing journey. And I think money is one of those things just like a relationship when it comes into your life it activates you in different ways so thank you so much for sharing more about that and I wonder because you have a really interesting human design personality you've got that five profile line so for everybody listening that's all about projections and I think when I coach a lot of people with your personality the five one they are very much subject to projections like including money relationships you know Mm -hmm. being the perfect partner being the perfect person I'd love for you to share like your take on, you know, realizing that, you know, in this lifetime, you attract projections and the gift of that is seeing the trends, seeing how people kind of think. So how has it been for you handling projections in this lifetime and the pressure to be a certain way or a certain, um, doing certain things? 
in terms of like I can so I'll tell you a story about the beginning of the year right and this has been a journey for me in terms of really getting clear I think it's so important to get clear on what you want and who you are because especially within the coaching industry right so at the start of this year I hired a business coach and she is amazing however what happened was I started following all these other business coaches and don't get me wrong they were amazing absolutely amazing but they were like top top league like sharing their money goals all the time sharing their like luxury handbags and all of these like all of the time and don't get me wrong I know now I used to turn around and go I don't need those things I don't want those things because I thought it was bad to want those things now I'm not afraid to say what I want in terms of luxury however I fell into the trap at the start of the year of kind of being like, do I do I do I need all of that stuff to be successful? And then then almost kind of turning it around on myself that what I was doing in that time wasn't good enough because I didn't have the bags yet, because I didn't have the cars yet, because I didn't have XYZ yet. So I think it was really important for me in that sense to check myself within the coaching industry and just be like, I am on my own path. I had to stop following them for a while because it was just steering me off my own path. And I think when it comes to, I mean, you can put it down to anything. When you are on a journey and you want to be somewhere and you know your own capability, it is so easy to get sidetracked and mm -hmm. it's so easy to for your mind to think that you want these things and that you need them now and that what you have currently isn't enough. But that's just your mind telling you that. Like we're kind of as humans, we're made to be like that. Like there's a saying something like monkey see, monkey do, is it? And it's like mm -hmm. when we on doing something and having something, we it's like, oh, I need that. But when you check in with yourself, it's like, okay, do I actually need or even want that thing? Or am I am I coming off my own path? Am I steering away from my own path? It happened with a client the other couple months ago. On Valentine's Day it was. And a boyfriend did this amazing thing for her. It wasn't huge, but it was really thoughtful. And on Instagram, she could see all the good, like influencers with big flowers on the beds and balloons and stuff. And she, she, she said to me, she was like, a part of me was like, oh, why didn't you do that? And, uh, and then she checked in with herself and was like, hang on a minute, I don't actually want all of that. That's just my mind kind of playing a bit of a trick on me. So I'd say in terms of coaching, I found that quite challenging at the start of the year in terms of that. But yeah, I, I think it's all about always checking in with yourself and knowing what it is that you that you truly want and getting clear on your own path. Yeah, I think you just explained that so beautifully because I think it can be so confronting to learn that you're somebody that will attract projections. And I think you're really embodying that highest self where you're using it as a gift to help your client, for example, with that Valentine's Day thing. And I think that is so triggering and people do need to be really conscious of social media that it's not real like all of the time. And we don't understand that, you know, people it's a highlights reel like no matter what ultimately you're not like being followed like big brother 24 7 <laughs> people seeing all these things and I think people can get this impression like oh because you have the designer bags and all these things you're happy like I remember last year like you know um you know I was like traveling the world around this time like I was away for two months and on social media I looked so happy but I was behind the scenes going through this like really intense breakup and I was like all yeah. these people like you're so lucky and I think you kind of hit that on the head, especially when we we're talking about like that gratitude for what you already have as well. And not just like, oh, I want all of these things. And I think, you know, kind of tying everything in money mindset. One of the biggest things that I teach people is like, what is the need versus the desire? And really understanding that and kind of carving your own path as to what you want. And so I really love that you're able to kind of like rise above the projections. So I think that's amazing. And kind of definitely switching. something that I've learned though, rather than I had, I've definitely learned to do that. But I just want to say as well that what you've just touched on in terms of like highlight reel, I literally did a post the other day because you know, like we was talking about the spa day just before we come on. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting more comfortable with sharing those, like, look at what I've created posts to inspire, you know, like. I can go to the spa during the day, during the week. I can do all of these things. But the other day I was like, 
I, I want to keep it real. So like I did this post and I was just like, yes, I'm doing this, but I'm also working like working all day. And then sometimes in the evenings at a part-time job, because I'm saving to go on holiday, I still get anxious. I still have fears. I like all of these things. I think it's so important because I think it's easy for not even coaches to look at coaches and think, oh my God, they've got, they've got it all. But also like clients and people who are interested in this work to look at a coach and think they have all the answers. They must be happy 24 seven. It's like, no, we have not got all the answers. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting you said that because I recently just found out I had like the biggest month of my business ever. And, you know, also learning about that, like people are like, oh, she's like super rich. I'm like, no, most of that money's actually gone to paying off my investments in my business. So it's not like I yeah. am now suddenly super rich. I never worry about <laughs> money. It's like, I'm just paying off like debt on my credit card. So I think, again, people can't see that. And I have coached people that have made a lot of money. And again, a lot of the money goes to expenses and things. So I think it's like also that mentality, you do have to like spend money to make money, but I think appearances can be very much deceiving. So I love that you're kind of keeping it real, you know, especially with social media. I don't think we talk about it enough. Like people just get so sucked into it. And I think, especially in this day and age, everybody makes it look so easy to start your own business. And I work with a lot of women that think, oh, like, but I've done all this stuff. I did the course. I hired the business coach. Like, why am I not successful? I'm like, it's not really given to you. It's like in any industry, no matter what, coaching, marketing, I don't know, accounting, like you've got to work for it. And I think like, I'm not afraid to admit like, yeah, I do work for it. Yes, there's some weeks where I get to live this like leisurely life where I work maybe three hours a day. But recently I've been working on the weekends. I've been working all day. Um, so I think it's important to kind of talk about that as well. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And I also wanted to kind of mention your main life energies in human design because it's like friction. It's like the shadow work energies. There's lots of like intense energy. So mm-hmm. how have you found kind of like navigating your emotional life and having somebody which like a soul that essentially put up their hand for a really turbulent, adventurous, up and down type of life um through doing the work and through starting my own business so much stuff has come up stuff that has brought up emotions and parts of me that I didn't even know were there and I think it's so easy as well like I'm quite like I've only really been into spirituality personal development growth work for let's say two years so I'm I'd say that I'm still a baby coach a baby just kind of experience or whatever you want to call it so I I was quite naive I think I went through this really intense time of doing this work and going and visiting memories that I'd kind of shoved in a box did that and I was like oh my god I'm healed right Mm. and then you realize that that is so not the case and like even recently I've been going I've started therapy and oh my goodness last Tuesday all I did was cry literally all I did was cry because I am a very emotional person like on some days my energy will be like like today you can see I'm like bubbly and then other days like I could go the full day without speaking to anyone and with everything coming up and definitely shining a light on a lot of my shadows, the one thing I'd say is I've learned to be very, very compassionate to myself. That's the that's mm. the that's the the biggest thing I've learned because I used to I used to kind of like get really annoyed with myself if I was showing emotion, not showing emotion, but if I was very emotional about something before I started doing this work, but now I'm I'm just very I'm just make make sure I'm kind to myself all the time and show compassion, especially when I'm doing this work, especially through the therapy work that I've been doing over the last couple of weeks, because you think that you've gone deep and then there's always another layer, always, and you're like, where's that come from? But it's beautiful as well. It's 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 amazing, and I would not change would not change anything for the world this work that I'm doing but it's definitely like you say it's a it's a roller coaster 
Yeah, and thank you so much for being so brave and talking about therapy and doing the work. I think it's so important that people realize, like, even us as coaches, we're still doing the work. We're continually working on ourselves. Like, by no means are we we perfect. And I also wanted to ask, like, what did get you into personal growth? Was it kind of like what you mentioned, like, all of that anxiety that came up, you know, at the beginning of your journey? Was it something else that instigated? I'd love to know how you kind of got propelled onto this path. Hmm. It was it. So I remember I'm kind of always, always been really passionate about the mind. My uncle has bipolar and um, drug induced psychosis. So he has he goes through very, very intense periods where he's not very well. And I grew up, obviously grew up with that as a child. Um, And then I just. I've always been into the mind and like I did psychology at college at uni um, for a little bit. So I've always, always been like very, very into all of that stuff then, but I'd never really acted on it. I just knew that I had, I had like a liking for it. And then, like I said, before I kind of hit rock bottom, I've always suffered from anxiety or I don't even like to say suffered from anxiety anymore. I like to say suffered from the fear of anxiety. Um, mm, that's a powerful and, shift. Yeah, because there's no way that I would ever. And when I say to people, you don't suffer from anxiety, a lot of people get triggered by it. And then the one thing I say after that is I am not invalidating your experience. What I'm doing is trying to shift you from that victim of, of anxiety mindset kind of thing. Um, where was I now? Sorry. Oh, I went to the doctors a few times like before I hit rock bottom back in the UK a couple of times and once here and all it was was here here's some pills like here's some antidepressants or whatever they were and I refused them both times because I just I knew him and I don't have anything against medication at all I think it's very um useful if you also do the work alongside it but when I was offered it I just wasn't ready for that I just I just didn't want to basically um and then when I hit rock bottom I was just like okay what what actually can I do here and I just I guess I just started to research I've always loved kind of learning and researching and I was very like academic at school um so then I just like got stuck in and I was like right what what can I do (laughs) I, I, I love that. that. Oh, this is amazing. It's definitely that one profile line, you know, that inv- investigator <laughs> and the ones to like yeah. master things. And I really love, like, I agree with you. I advocate also like an alternative approach. Like I think there's a place for, I guess, Western society, medicine and traditional doctors. But I think it's also about exploring those natural alternatives and seeing what you can do. Like for me, like I remember when I was like at the peak of my anxiety, my corporate career, like doing ice baths and cold showers really was, a game changer for me like getting out of my head and into my body mm-hmm. and so I really love that you checked in with yourself because I think you know of course doctors are an authority but it's also like you have to like feel into your body so thank yeah. you so much for sharing and I mean I love chatting with you first of all because can we just say your accent love it <laughs> <laughs> and you know you I, I also like enjoy listening to your podcast which is proudly imperfect and mm-hmm. so I want to know what's one thing that you're proudly imperfect about Oh God, love that question. Um, Okay, so I guess the thing that I'm proudly imperfect about is, I've got to say number one, and this wasn't always the case because I put a lot of pressure on myself, is I can be, I get really excited and my speech isn't great, like, yet I'm working on it so I get really excited and I stutter over my words a lot my spelling isn't great I've actually through going to therapy and doing some tests I've got like on a level ADHD um and you know what I was I was buzzing (laughs) I was like that explains a lot like I like I, I feel understood I feel seen so I'd say that is a massive one for me because especially getting on doing what I do and getting on camera it took a lot for me to do that I always used to say I'm a writer I'm not a speaker I now see that as a limiting a limiting belief that I had because that stopped me from 
so I write poetry it stopped me from getting on camera and like mm. speaking forming my poetry because I was like no I'll stumble I won't do it right and now I'm just like well if I stumble I stumble you know it's just something that I've got to work on and get more confident with but it's it's in conversation as well I'd say like if I get excited within a conversation sometimes I just cannot get my words out it's almost like a stutter and then I'm like <gasps> I, I panic about it but I, I'm getting a lot better at it because now I'm just like you know what that proudly imperfect <laughs> I love that so much and it's so funny like how we perceive ourselves and how other people perceive us because I would say I would not be able to tell that you are not confident in speaking you know I think anybody <laughs> listening would kind of agree with me and so it's so real and raw of you to share that so thank you so much and I think also knowing like you are built to be excited you're a generator like this is yeah. what <laughs> it's all about and I think you and I are very much on the same page about, you know, perfectionism as well. Like it's a mm -hmm. learned behavior. We have the power to unlearn it and it can be also interpreted as a trauma response or a yeah. coping mechanism. So could you talk more to that? Cause I know you're really passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, we actually did a lot of this at, at the retreat. So in terms of, you know, perfectionism as a coping mechanism, you've got to look back and you've got to ask yourself, okay, was there any point or in my childhood where I felt like I had to strive for love or approval in terms of my achievements were my was the pressure that was put on me like too much kind of thing you mm. know like and at the retreat a lot of the women were saying that their parents he've either it was like a like opposite ends of the scale they either put too much pressure on them that they could never reach mm -hmm. or had no expectations on them at all so they mm. didn't think that they were capable of anything so it's that okay I've got to be perfect to everything I do because if I'm not I won't be loved and that just is not it's, it's simply not the case another thing is as well this it's it's how do you feel about failure and what do you believe about failure? Because if you are so scared of failure, you're going to, you're going to not, you, you're going to end up procrastinating in fear that this thing that you're trying to achieve is not perfect. And I think it's just really liberating when you look around and you realize that nobody on this planet is perfect. Absolutely nobody and I think that is the most once you embrace that once you embrace your imperfections you're not chained down anymore you're not scared of failure you're not scared of like trying to be this perfect image in everyone else's mind you're just you and you're like yeah you know what sometimes I fuck up and that's okay I really love that because literally we were just saying about the podcast um I was telling Courtney like I think on one of my previous episodes I just got lazy editing and I think <laughs> one of my clients was like you literally were like oh fuck it I can't be bothered and at first the king I was like oh I should fix this I should be like better and I was like no, I can't be bothered and like I feel like people <laughs> just be like I, I so feel that you know when you're just like I you know you and I are very similar like we just kind of roll with a podcast and we publish yeah. it like I'm not very much about editing so I I really love that. And I thought it was so insightful that you said even like, I think we're so used to hearing about having a lot of pressures, but I don't think people talk about when you don't have pressure because mm. I think ultimately you kind of need to get a bit out of your comfort zone, not through your parents, but maybe like a self-induced, like, yeah, I think in the spiritual world, like people can be like, oh, it's like all or nothing. And I think, you know, stress in little doses or a little bit of like wanting to strive for more is good. You know, you can't just be like all one or the other. And I think, talking about failure as well like I remember I wrote in my book like to me the biggest way to see failure is like I didn't even try at all I will never know like I, I think even me quitting my job was like oh like people are gonna laugh at me if I like don't make this work or I have to get another job and things like that but I was like I would rather have that happen than be on my job. deathbed and yeah. be like oh I freaking regret not doing I that right I this 100% like I could not think of anything worse than being on my deathbed and looking back and going oh my God, I didn't do that just in case X, Y, Z laughed at me or someone said something like, that would be the most crippling thing for me to know that I didn't at least try just in fear of 
not making it or like the torment of not knowing what could have happened would mm. oh my god yeah I couldn't couldn't even but yeah I like what you said about the balance because I 100% believe that you need that little bit of pressure on yourself not not too little not too less you need to find that balance of it's like a little bit of anxiety is good isn't it a little bit uh-huh. of anxiety gets gets you moving gets you going it's the same with that little bit of pressure there's this really cringy but actually quite powerful saying and it's something like oh what is it you you can't get diamonds without pressure or something yeah well cringy that is but it's true though like you do need that little bit of pressure but it's about knowing that you're not putting pressure on yourself to be perfect you're putting pressure on yourself to make moves yeah I think the quote is very much like diamonds are formed under pressure I really love that you brought it up and I think that's very much so true and do you have any tips for anybody listening how to kind of where to start with perfectionism I think people can be overwhelmed and so what would your advice be my advice would be so this I'd say there's two layers the first one is in terms of like turning inwards and asking what's going on perfectionism is a is a programming right so that Mm -hmm. that is a program that you are running right now if you're a perfectionist so you want to ask yourself what is this program giving me because it will have Mm -hmm. a positive intention it will be trying to keep you safe from something from feeling something from experiencing something and that program would have been formed when you was a little girl right and even if it seems like something really really minor to you now to, to younger you, it wouldn't have been, and it's etched in your mind and your subconscious has latched onto it. And you've got this programming that thinks it's keeping you safe. That's most, most of the time, that's what the positive intention is. It's keeping you safe from something. So I'd say the first thing is to, to turn inwards and just ask, okay, why am I running this program? What's it giving me? What does the younger version of me need to hear? Like where where's the root cause? Maybe explore that. What does she need to hear? How, not even what does she need to hear but what does she need to say because she'll want to feel heard as well so that's one layer I'd say just turning inwards and doing that kind of deep work around it and then in terms of I always like to be uh tangible so I always like yeah, yes the deep work is amazing but also and brings awareness but what can we do in the moment and a really fun thing that I get clients to do is write a list of all the ways that you can either fail or do something really, really messy, out of line, imperfect. I want a a list of 20 at least. Mm-hmm. And then I just want you to spend the next couple of weeks ticking off that list. Even if it's just, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something really random, not finishing a job to how you would normally mm-hmm. finish it and just putting it out there. If you, you know, if you're a content creator or something like that just writing something on your notes, putting it out there and not actually like perfecting it or in your, you know, if you're in a corporate job, just, I don't mean do your job shit to the point you get started. <laughs> like that. But <laughs> if it's just, you know, if you're a real, a real perfectionist, perfectionist and you've got to be all straight before you leave the house and all and everything, something like that, maybe leave the house looking a little bit messy. Don't do your hair perfect. Don't, you know, and just make that list and and get because that will get you outside your comfort zone. If you're running this program and you're thinking about being a little bit messy and a little bit imperfect, that little, you know, your subconscious will kick in, that fear will kick in and you'll feel uncomfortable. But taking the action whilst doing the other layers, the deeper work, them two go hand in hand. And I'd say that that's that's where to start. Mm, I really love that because I think it's very much a duality. Like you can have that feeling but still choose to do something different. Kind of like um, you can be scared to fail, but you can still do the scary thing. And when you were talking, I thought about this scene from like in the Kardashians show because it was like Khloe Kardashian was like very anal about the fruits in her bowl. Like she color coordinated that. And like her (laughs) coach was saying like, no, you need to like put it out of place. And she was like feeling like the fear and like, exactly. And like even someone like her, like has, you know, I think people perceive the world at her feet. Has yeah. to kind of go through that perfectionism and I think very much one of the core learnings about perfectionism is done is better than perfect and for me personally like knowing oh I don't always have to give 11 out of 10 a 10 out of 10 like sometimes 
all I can do is a six out of 10. Yeah. And that's the best I can do, you know? And, and so I think even as coaches as well, like even giving your six out of 10 sometimes, maybe that one person who's listening to what you've got to say, or even in any any industry or whatever you're doing, maybe the person who's on the receiving end of that only needs your six at six out of 10 that day. But it's better than zero out of 10, you know, you've given someone a six out of 10 when they needed that six. So I think that's, that's an, I like that way to look at it. Oh, I really love that. And from coaching so many people about perfectionism, what do you think's like one big misconception about perfectionism that you're really passionate about overturning? Misconception, good question. I know I'm coming at you with all these like questions. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. I just need to think. Misconception about perfection. I'd say, I'm trying to think now. I would say the the biggest thing is that that I'd say the biggest thing is that they beat themselves up and that they think it's something to get rid of completely. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, like we said about that pressure, you do need a little bit of pressure. And also they think it's who they are. That's the biggest one, actually. That mm. is the biggest one. They think it's who they are and that they can't change it. Oh, well, I'm a perfectionist. And mm-hmm. that, like, I'm a perfectionist, there's nothing I can do. No, you're just programmed right now to be a, well, not even to be a perfectionist. You just have perfectionism programming right now. But the amazing thing is we get to reprogram our subconscious and our programming. So I'd say that's the biggest misconception that people believe that it's who they are, not how they're programmed. Yeah, I agree. I think any sort of label or diagnosis is not who you are. You're like Mm -hmm. a soul that has it labeled to you. And I think something that's important to point out as our conversation goes, like, this may be triggering for some people to hear. And I encourage you, like, if you are feeling a bit triggered to just sit with it and maybe speak to somebody, whether that's your coach or therapist, because taking that time to reflect, like, why am I feeling so triggered about this? You know, I think that kind of like victim versus um, power mentality can be really hard to handle. So I think it's important to kind of put it out there, especially when we are on that spiritual growth path, trying to take our power back and Mm -hmm. see things in a different light. And you know, your username on Instagram is grow and glow. And so what do you think is one of the most important things a woman can do to grow and glow? I'd say get to know yourself and get clear about who you are currently. So your current self. So meaning your fears, your strengths, your weaknesses, your shadows, what you like, what you don't like. Because a lot of people have never even asked the question, you know, who am I? Like, who am I really? Not who am I trying to be for the world, but who who am I? So get clear on that. And then once you've got clear on that, get clear on what you want. Mm. So because a lot of people are striving for these goals and striving for things or not striving at all and just plodding through. And they're striving for things or plodding through just kind of within what society, their family, their religion, all of these external things have told them that they've got to strive for or they've got to do when really they don't want that. So ask them, ask yourself, what do you want? Once you know who you are, then ask, what do you want and who do you want to be? Because if your current self is, so if you go through your fears, let's say in a lot of your fears, affairs that you actually like would like to to step into but you're too too fearful then who do you want to be so what identity do to oh my god what identity there it is (laughs) there's the store what identity do I want to step into so I think Mm. they're the three the three main things and then obviously off that are different branches like I think emotional um intelligence is and an emotional management is way up there when it comes to finding that inner glow because if you cannot regulate and manage your emotions then you're going to find it very very difficult to glow from the inside out you know um but yeah I'd say the three main things are know your current self know what you want and then know who you want to be as well oh I really love that and I think it's so important to check in with yourself you know and really see if you are being your most authentic and aligned self. Mm-hmm. And I think I love one of your posts where you talk about growing massive lady balls. 
and to stop <laughs> hearing about what people think about you. And I, I wonder, because I feel like people would get the impression that you're very bold and vivacious, but you've obviously done a lot of work. And so how has that been kind of shedding and unlearning what people think about you? Oh my goodness. It's been so freeing, so, so freeing. And I think I've always been, so when people kind of heard that I was going through what I was going through, because like I said, it didn't really tell anyone. And they, like a lot of people were shocked because mm. I have always been like the the outgoing one, the funny one. But I think a lot, a lot of women go through this where all their friends would say, and everyone they've come across would say, Oh, she she's really confident. You know, she's she's always the the one who's having a laugh in the room and she's always but when I look back, a lot of it was was just me trying to be liked it wasn't me being confident it was me being like almost in a way like look at me please like me kind of thing Mm -hmm. and trying to be like this clown like I always say that I was always the clown of the group I was always the one who got like the piss took out of her a little bit I don't know if that's an Australian say is that yeah taking the piss is definitely (laughs) I mean I should know I've been here for five years but I was like is that um, but yeah, I was always that girl. And I think that added to, in a way, the deep beliefs I had about myself. Like people always used to take the piss. So on some level that probably added to this unworthiness. And I think when I started to do this work, so the me ages ago was really confident, let's say, according to everyone else, but no way would I have got on camera and spoke like this? No way would I have made an Instagram and gone into coaching or, you know, did like set up a retreat, did events or like I I was too scared of what people thought of me. And then when I went through what I went through in terms of hitting rock bottom and working on getting outside my comfort zone, that was a big one that kind of shifted not caring because it was like right I I refuse to feel like I did and this is how I'm gonna build the belief in myself by getting outside my comfort zone and the more I did that the more I was like okay the only people who have got something to say are either just annoyed and sad that they ain't got the balls to do it themselves and also on the other hand is people are gonna say something whether you do what you want to do or you don't do what you want to do so you might as yeah. well just do what you want to do, you know? And then I just I keep telling myself that. And I genuinely, I just couldn't, I just couldn't give a shit anymore what people have to say. Amen, <laughs> I've not got the time to. I've not got the time to give a shit. <laughs> Not too much. I have to say, you are really funny. I think I just wanted to say one of the funniest posts I read was, you do not bar and eat grass all day. You are not a sheep. <laughs> I also love that you kind of said talked about like self-degrading humor because I think that's like you're always like kind of listening to yourself so I think on a subconscious level if you keep kind of taking the piss of yourself Mm. it does kind of lead to that lower self-esteem and thinking about I don't know this is like the weirdest tangent you know taking the piss obviously you know you're from Manchester you moved to Australia I think can you kind of talk about that journey? Because I think that is such a ballsy move to move yeah. to a whole new country and start a life. Can you speak more to that and your experience? Because I think um, a lot of the people that listen to the podcast, they they want to move overseas or they're mm-hmm. trying to make new friends. So I think they would love to hear about your experience. Yeah, definitely. So, you know what? I've always wanted to travel, always. I went, I think I went to Thailand with my ex for a month and it was the first time I'd been on like a long haul flight, like a, a, a like somewhere far away, and I was just like, "Oh my god, every seat has a has a TV." I was honestly just so clueless, and it was just I got to Thailand and I was like, "This is amazing." There's so much because a lot of people in Manchester, where I'm from, have you been to Manchester? No, I haven't. Oh. Um, you should go. It's unreal. I do still love it. I know I live over it, but it's the best thing in the world. Um, and a lot of people in Manchester, though, they're very narrow. Oh, I don't want to sound judgmental, but they they are very, like, narrow-minded. They are stuck in their ways. They, they're just happy being at home, which is absolutely, you know, or maybe they're not, but they're, they're, they're very used to what they're used to, right? Yeah. And I was like that. And 
I went, obviously I did my first trip and I was like, oh my, there's so much more to see. Like there's so much more out there. So I come back and then I was actually with my ex and we were supposed to go to Asia for six months and then move to Australia. This was in 2017, but we ended up breaking up and I was like, oh, do I still go? Mm. And I thought like, this is like, I was only 23. 23 I'm nearly 29 now so I was 23 I think and you know my mum my mum was she wanted me to go but she was also absolutely crapping herself because I'm an old child like I'm obviously a woman going and I was going on my own but I did it but I remember being in the airport and she dropped me off at the airport and I got in inside Manchester airport WH Smith it's like a bookshop looking and I just broke down in tears I was just like, what am I doing? Is this the right decision? And I was smoking at the time, ooh. But I went for a cigarette and, <laughs> and this woman, and I was, I was just like, I was like, honestly shaking, lighting this cig and this woman was like, are you okay? And I told her and she was just like, listen, she was older than me. She was like, this is the best decision you're ever going to make. And I was so close to ringing my mum and saying, come and get me. But mm. I'm so glad I didn't. Went to Asia for six months, come to Australia, had the best first two years ever. I met so many new people. I did it like I did it really well. I lived in like Cairns, Melbourne, Darwin, and then, wow. come, to, yeah, then come to Sydney and settled the West Coast to the East Coast. That was in my first two years when I was on a working holiday. And it was just the best thing ever. I think everyone should move away for even for a little while. If you get there and it's not, you don't want to live there and it's just traveling. And I think everybody should do it because it's getting outside your comfort zone, isn't it? Like your hometown is your comfort zone. Even your home country is your comfort zone. And getting outside of that, you just don't know where it's going to take you. Like I was supposed to move to New Zealand during COVID. Mm. My visa was up. Three days before I was supposed to fly, all the borders shut. My my visa was just about to end and I managed to get another visa and I'm still here three years. I'm now a resident. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, this is my home. Yeah. You're so, like, I can you now. <laughs> yeah, literally. Madness. But yeah, it's been amazing. And the one thing I want to say, if anyone is... I, I'm not saying it's easier is what I'm going to say mm. it's not I think a lot of people especially if you've got anyone any listeners from the UK thinking about coming out here yeah yes it's amazing but it is on the other side of the world it can be hard it can be lonely especially in the cities and it it, it isn't a holiday <laughs> I, I it's it's different for me now but even when you're on your working holiday, you know, you still got you still got to earn money. You still it's it's incredible, but it's it's it is challenging at times, but it's amazing. And I would not change it for the world. Oh, I just love seeing you thrive and I just love hearing your story. And I agree, like, you know, my ex-partner was English. And I yeah. mean, I thought Australian and English are so similar, but like cultural differences, like even the pub, right? Like <laughs> I thought I knew what a pub was, and then I went to England, I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> very cozy it's like homey and I actually really like that vibe actually but I feel like the pubs here in Australia a bit more fancy and you know the food is different so I think it's also understanding the culture and um you know I've absolutely loved talking to you and you know on the podcast I have like three final questions that I like to ask every guest so I'm going to hit you with them so obviously I have a book called The Great Unlearning so my first question will be what's your greatest unlearning in life so far? Oh my god! Absolutely love that question. Ah, pressure. Um, Not no pressure at all. I mean, <laughs> I am asking you your greatest unlearning. So, <laughs> right, my greatest unlearning is unlearning the hatred I had for myself. Mm. And it was and that's a deep one. It was hatred and disgust. So unlearning that. Yeah, and. In terms of like now a really different question that I might throw you <laughs> off going so deep is what's the last thing that you Googled? <laughs> what the fuck? I know. Um, I always like to kind of put a rogue question that. in there. I like that. Um, 
Let me see. Will it come up on my thing? I like that you're doing it legit. Go check. <laughs> yeah. I'm Go checking. make it up. Tell us what oh, you're Googling. I, I, I Googled the image, like the, I needed an image of the polyvagal nervous system. <laughs> That's oh. quite boring. <laughs> no, we love that. We love the polyvagal system and fight and flight and fall <laughs> and everything. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Um, and you know, what is the best piece of advice or quote that's changed your life? I've got a favorite quote. So the Tell best, us, please. best quote, my best quote is, and oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to say it word for word, but it's between stimulus and response. There's a space mm. within that space. Oh, I'm going to have to Google it. One minute. Really quick. It all ties in. See, asked you about Google, now I'm asking you about advice. <laughs> yeah. So please right. tell us. I've got it because, okay, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That changed my life. Boom, literally. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Courtney. I wanted to end this with, if you could please share with, you know, the audience and people listening, how do people best find you? How do they connect with you? You're obviously a coach. You run retreats and do things in person events. So yeah, tell us more. Yeah. So anybody who is looking to find me, you can find me on Instagram, thegrowglow.co. Um, that is the best place to find me. I have got TikTok, but I'm very, I do it when I can be asked. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> when I'm feeling it, I'll I'll go on. But yeah, that's the best place to find me. I've got, I'd say... I've got a couple of things that so you can start off with. I've got a shit ton of freebies. I do free trainings every Wednesday. I've got the podcast, the Proudly Imperfect podcast. Um, I've got some free resources on there. If you want to jump in at a bit of a higher level, I've got a brand new self-led course come out called the Glow Accelerator. And it's basically teaching you at your own pace how to glow from the inside out. It's everything that I went through and everything that I continue to teach my wonderful clients. So they're the best ways. And then obviously I do one-on-one -on -one and you can just contact me regarding that. But yeah, thegrowglow.co. Thank you so much, Courtney. It was amazing having you on the podcast. And I will obviously drop your details in the show notes as well so they can find you. So thank you so much for being on the Growth Through It podcast with me. Thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you for listening, guys. Oh,